Well, praise God. God is so good. Um, uh, I'm going to just recap a little bit of what I've been ministering on. Uh, there, you know, there are rewards when we get to heaven. Uh, in 2 Corinthians 5, 9 through 10, you can turn there and just listen up. Uh, this is, it's called the judgment seat of Christ, and God's going to judge us for what we do down here on this earth. And, um, you know, there is a work for us to do. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say there's some, some work to do. And so God wants us, you know, walking in his gifts and his callings. He, he wants us working out our salvation. Amen? And so in, in 2 Corinthians 5, 9 through 10, it says here, there, uh, Therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. So, um, you know, the Lord is watching us and he's, you know, he's paying attention. And another scripture says that God will not forget the labor of love that we show to one another by, by showing love to one another. So God will not forget that labor of love. God is faithful and he's taking notice of what we do. And uh, so we need to be aware of that. Uh, in Revelation 22, 12, Jesus says this. Uh, he says, behold, I am coming quickly and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. According to his work. So I, I want to have good works. Amen. Uh, another uh, passage in Matthew 16, verse 27 says this. For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels and then he will reward each according to his works. That's Jesus speaking. Amen. So Jesus is coming back and he's coming to reward those that are faithful, that are serving him. Amen. Uh, you know, we should be, you know, I ministered about, you know, the rapture a couple weeks back. And we should be um, believing and looking for uh, Jesus appearing. And, that, and that's part of the crowns. And, uh, you know, they used to greet each other in the early days, Maranatha, which means... Lord, come quickly. Amen. And so we should be always in that place where, you know, maybe we should say that, Maranatha. Maranatha. Amen. Lord, come quickly. Amen. In other words, we should be expecting the return of the Lord because it's getting bad out here. Amen. Uh, the Bible says that the world will get darker, but the, the, but the church will get lighter. And I don't know about you. I don't want to be out into the world. I, I want to come into the church where it's light, where the word of God. The Bible says the church is the pillar of truth. And so God's not doing away with church. He, he's, he's, he, he's put his stamp of approval on church. Amen. So, so another scripture said, do not, you know, that we don't, that we need to come together, that we do not need to forsake the assembly of ourselves with other believers as the day is drawing near. And what is that day? The day that Jesus is coming back for us. Amen. And so, uh, of course, we know this and that uh, that uh, that we're saved by grace and not by works. So our salvation is not contingent on how hard we work down here. Our salvation is based on grace through faith. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. That not of yourselves is the gift of God. So. So our salvation is a gift. Amen. So it's not based on us working our way to heaven. Amen. But but I like this because if you read the uh, if you read this Ephesians 2 through 10, it says here, let's, uh, it says here, let me read this. For by grace, you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. 
For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So we are, you know, we are created for, somebody say, good works. Good works. Amen. So we are created to do some good works. That's, you know, Jesus said, let your light shine before men so men can see what? Your good works and glorify God who is in heaven. So how, you know, how are we going to be separate from the unbeliever? People should see our good works and us really giving credit to God. Now, the unbeliever can have good works, but they don't give credit to God. You know, unbelievers can have good works. But, but, but believers, when we have good works, we should always direct our good works towards the grace and the mercy and the love of God. It's because God's working in us, the hope of glory. Amen? So, you know, you do have unbelievers that do good works, but their good works will not get them into heaven. And a lot of times we think, or a lot of times as unbelievers, and you may have been an unbeliever at one time, I believe most of you are believers in here, you probably thought that if you just did enough good works, you'd make it into heaven, you know, and uh, that, that your good works, you know, that God weighs it out, you're good and you're bad, and hopefully your good outweighs your bad, and, and God says, you're in, right? But that's not how it works in the kingdom of God. Really, Jesus did all the perfect works. Jesus is our perfect spotless lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. And so Jesus did the good work. He was perfect. And then he went to the cross in our place, amen, amen. to pay the price for us. So we have to go on Jesus's good works because our good works, the Bible says, in our own selves, trying to obtain our own righteousness is the filthy rags. It's called self-righteousness, and we got to go with God's righteousness, amen? And so um, here uh, it's uh, in Philippians 3, 12 through 14. I like what Paul is saying here. And this is sort of the attitude we should take in our Christian walk. And Paul says this in Philippians 3, verses 12 through 14. Now that I have, uh, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brother, I do not count myself to have apprehended it, but one, I, one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So we need to be pressing for the prize. G, uh, the Apostle Paul was saying that, that he is in the walk and he's, he's pressing towards the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So there is a blessing at, at, the, uh, at the end. Amen. There is a blessing when we get into the kingdom of God or when we move from this life to the next life. And I want to definitely hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Amen. And so we want to press in. So uh, I discovered and we discovered that there are crowns of blessings that God will give to believers that are, that are walking uh, before him. And uh, one of the crowns is the crown of righteousness. We talked about this in 2 Timothy 4.8. Uh, it says, finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day and not to me only, but also to all who love his appearing. And we discovered that, you know, the crown of righteousness is, is a twofold, um, two things that we need to be standing in. 
of course, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, but we need to be pursuing righteousness. So we need to be pursuing righteousness in God. In other words, we, when we see what's right in the word, when God shows us something in the word for us to do truth in the word, we need to obey the truth. Amen. Amen. We don't need to turn from the truth or we don't need to twist the truth to fit our lifestyle. Right. A lot of people are twisting the truth to fit their lifestyle. There's churches that will twist the truth and take certain parts of the, the Bible and say, this is what the Bible says, but you have to take the whole counsel of God's word. Amen. Amen. It's not just taking one part of it and, and making a teaching to fit your lifestyle. No, we got to fit the lifestyle of the Bible. Amen. Just because the government says a certain lifestyle is right, God doesn't, if God says it's not right, then it's not right. Amen. Just because the government puts their stamp of approval, God is higher than the government. Amen. Just because the government, you know, tries to redefine marriage, the, it's defined in the Bible what marriage is. No matter how people are trying to redefine it. Amen. And we got to stand for what's right. And if we don't stand for what's right, we'll fall for anything. And there's Christians. Unfortunately, there's what I call, I don't know what type of Christians they are, but they're standing with these agendas. They're saying it's love to stand with these agendas. No, love says this, that it shows the person that, that's going the wrong way that they need to stop and go the right way. Because sin will send us to hell. Amen. It sends the unbeliever to hell. Jesus came to save us from our sins. Amen. And so for us to say, well, your lifestyle is okay as long as it's not hurting me. No, we need, to, we need to warn people. God's calling us to warn people. Amen? To let them know if they're on a path of destruction, that they continue on that path, then it's going gonna, it's gonna to end up, they're going to end up in, in hell. That's how my wife got saved, by the way. She was talking to somebody, and actually a friend of hers, and uh, they said to her one day, they said, you know, if you don't get Christ in your life, you're going to hell. And she said, what? She never heard that. She never actually heard that. She never heard somebody, no, nobody ever said to her, you're going to hell if you don't receive Christ. And, uh, you know, there is a heaven again and a hell to shun. Nobody likes to talk about hell. <laughs> Who likes to talk about hell? I mean, we want to talk about heaven. And, uh, but she, it woke her up that day. And when, when he said, you know, she said, that's not fair. And then the person that was ministering to her said, well, life isn't fair. <laughs> Amen. Well, I'm glad it's not fair because, you know, if life was fair, we all should go to hell. <laughs> Amen. Because none of us deserve to go to heaven. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? None of us deserve to go to heaven. So thank God life isn't fair. Thank God for the mercy and grace of God. Thank God that God is not just looking at our sins and counting our sins. He's looking at what Jesus did and if we're going to receive Christ. Amen. And so we go again on Jesus' ticket, and she got saved because of that. Amen. She said, that's it. Okay, I'm going to get Jesus in my life. I don't want to go to hell. Amen. And if, you know, if somebody talks to you about hell, and you get to, if you get saved because you don't want to go to hell, that's a good thing. Amen. Amen. Nothing wrong with that. Amen. Uh, praise God. Lots of people go to uh, get saved because they don't want to go to hell. Amen. Amen. Praise God. God is so good. So um, we're talking here. Amen. We're talking here about the victor's crown and uh, uh, we're talking about, I'm sorry, the crown of righteousness, about walking upright before God. 
And then uh, also it talks about uh, here, it says, uh, Finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness with the Lord. The righteous judge will give me on that day, and not me only, but also for those who love his appearing. So also we should have an expectancy of Jesus coming back. Amen. And so uh, we should be believing that. And that should be we should be excited about that. You know, if you're in your Christian walk and you're you're like, oh, Jesus, don't come back for a few more years. Then I'm not too sure where you're at in your walk. Amen. We should be excited about Jesus coming back. Now, you could be saying that because, you know, you haven't seen your relatives come to the Lord yet. And that might be a reason why you might be saying that. But but listen. The Bible says this, that if you're saved, you and your household will be saved. Amen. Just believe that. Amen. Glory to God. So that's one of the crowns that we can receive. There's another crown called the incorruptible crown or it's called the victor's crown. And this is for discipline in our bodies uh, and, and that we need to bring our bodies in subjection or under self-control. And, uh, you know, there's people that live their life sort of in and out of their walk in Christ. They're, 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 they live for Christ one Sunday or one week and they live for themselves the next week and they kind of go in and out, in and out. I call them yo-yo Christians. Have you ever been there? <laughs> I mean, going in and out, going, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for this sin. And then you, you say, I will never do it again. And then, and then you walk a certain you know, length of time in the, in, in the grace. And then all of a sudden you, you, the, the enemy starts pulling on you. And then you get pulled back in. And then you fail. And then, you know, and it's like a cycle. Amen. But God wants us to overcome some of these things. And you can overcome these things. Amen. Because the greater one abides in you. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So you can overcome these weaknesses. So I'm, t I'm saying that to you today. You can overcome these weaknesses. You must keep your eyes on the word of God to overcome these weaknesses. Don't look at your weaknesses. Look at the word of God. Amen. So we need to look at the word of God. And, and in 1 Corinthians 9, 25 through 27, it says here, Everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown. But we, for an imperishable crown, therefore I, I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight as the one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Uh, so this is the Apostle Paul, and he's saying that the Apostle Paul realized that, you know, we're dealing with, you know, the lust of the eyes, the, you know, the, the lust of the flesh, and the boastful pride of life. So we deal with that. And so we got to put our bodies under control. That's sometimes we, you know, we need to make, we might need to fast to break some things off of our lives. Amen. And so we might need to fast. And I know you probably say, oh, pastor, we have to do that. Listen, I'm telling you, Jesus fasted for 40 days and came out in the power of the spirit. How many people want to walk in the power of the spirit? Amen. Well, get close to God. Amen. Get close to God. And, and so that's, uh, that's the incorruptible crown. Then uh, there's the crown of life or the martyr's crown. I'm going to teach you how to become a martyr this morning. No, I'm kidding. But uh, <laughs> And uh, how many people like to be a martyr for Christ? Glory to God. Well, I don't have any hands risen. Uh, but the martyr's crown is an important crown. The Bible talks about the blood uh, of the martyrs in heaven, about the, about the saints in heaven crying out. And, and so, you know, God's going to vindicate the martyrs. And I believe that there's going to be a great reward for those that give their lives for Christ. Amen. And so we got to believe that. And this is the martyr's crown. And it says, for, and so for those who are faithful unto death, those who patiently endure testings and temptations and trials, 
They may be, uh, it may be given to, also it may be given to people that, that, that's in a life of duty that saves someone, i.e. maybe the police or a fireman that maybe goes into a burning building, they're saved to save somebody else. Uh, it may, they may receive the, 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 the crown, uh, the martyr's crown. It might be somebody in the military that gives their life for somebody else. They may receive it too. It, it may be included in that as well. And so we need to look at that in, um, in James 1.12. It says, it, it says this, Blesses a man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Amen. So, so we need to endure these temptations. The enemy is constantly working against our faith, trying to get us to go the flesh route. But we got to stay in faith and go God's route. Amen? And so, and so we have to patiently, somebody say patiently. Patience. We have to patiently endure the trials and the tribulations that we go through at times. Amen? This is, listen, the reason why we get, as Christians, you ever feel like, oh man, just... You know, you feel just the, 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 the weight of the world at times. We shouldn't, but sometimes we just feel like, oh, man, this is, I don't want to be here. Amen. There's a reason why we, sh we feel that way at times, because this is not our home. Amen. You know, this, you know we, there's things that are happening, and it should, it should almost make our, our flesh crawl. You know what I'm saying? When, when things are happening in the world, there's a reason for, for, for us to feel this way because, because this isn't our home and our expectancy should be of heavenly things. The Bible says that if you want to stay in perfect peace, keep your mind stayed on Christ. Keep your mind stayed on the heavenly things. Keep your mind stayed on heaven. Amen. Why some of us are depressed and down uh, possibly even in here, is because we're focusing too much on worldly things and we need to be focused more on godly things. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And when we get more caught up on, on, on heavenly things, we're going to be more excited about heaven than what's going on in this world. Amen. And so we need to uh, endure the temptations. And, 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 you know, the Bible says this way, through faith and, and patience, we inherit the promises of God. It's not just by faith alone. It's by faith and patience. Nobody likes the patience side of it. You know, it took Abraham, what, 25 years to receive the promise, child. So there, there is a process. Somebody say a process. And we're going to walk in a process before we see the full fruition of what God may have for us. And so we have to keep walking the walk and talking the talk. Don't grow weary in well-doing, the Bible says. Don't allow the enemy to get you to look at what's not working. Look at what is working. Amen? And, the, and God's Word is always working. God's Word is constant. It's always working. Amen? Revelation 2.10 says this, talking about the martyr's crown. Do not uh, fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested and you will have tribulation 10 days. Be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life. Amen. So, you know, there's great blessings for giving up your life for Christ. And it's interesting that, that it's interesting because, you know, I, I ministered this Last week, a little bit about this, that people believe that God is behind the good, the bad, and the ugly. 
And I believe the dividing line of the Bible is John 10, 10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And so all good things come from God. Bad things come from the devil. Can I get an amen there? And some will, some will say, well, isn't God putting us and testing us through this? Well, I don't believe that God's putting us through the test. I believe it's the enemy that's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. And when you read this, this kind of popped out to me as I was reading this last night and meditating on this. It says, it, it, it didn't say God will put you in a prison. It says here, let me read this again. Do not fear any of those things. This is Revelation 2.10. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison. Notice it says that the devil is about to throw some of you into prison. It didn't say God's going to put you into prison to test your faith. It's quiet in this, in this church today. It, actually, this is Jesus speaking. He said it's the devil that's going to throw some of you into prison. So who's attacking, who's attacking the body of Christ? Well, it's not God attacking himself. It's the devil attacking us. That's why we need to stand strong. So isn't that interesting? Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested. Why? Because the devil is testing the word that's in us. He's trying to test to see if we really believe the truth. So he's a thief. He's going to come against us through different areas in our lives. And he's going to try to make us think that the word of God is not true. So the devil is coming to test our faith. Remember when Jesus was speaking to Peter and he said Satan came uh, and, and asked if he could sift you like wheat. That's another example of the enemy trying to come against the body of Christ. But Jesus said, you know, I will pray. See, I believe we can open the door for the enemy to come into our lives. And with Peter, sometimes God has to grant the enemy to come in because there's something in our life that's out of kill. With Peter, it was some pride. So he was dealing with some pride issues. And so that's why the devil came in to work against him. And then, then Peter found out it's all by grace. Amen. That I got to walk this life by grace. Can I get an amen there? Amen. amen. And so we, we, we look at this and we see that the, the martyr's crown is, is a crown where you're giving your life to God. Uh, uh, in Galatians 2.20, this scripture came to me. Um, and it's a very good scripture. We should live by this. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. And, and so listen, if, if you're, listen, it's easy to be a martyr when you're a dead man. Can I say that again? It's easy to give your life when you're, when you're, a, when you're already consider yourself dead to the things of this world and dead to your own personal life, to your own personal agenda. It's easy to be a martyr when you consider yourself dead. Amen. And so here, uh, here the Apostle Paul was writing to the Galatians. He's saying that, he's, that we are crucified with Christ. Positionally, when we were put on the cross, uh, when Jesus was put on the cross, we were put on the cross. When Jesus was crucified, we were crucified. Amen. The problem is we come off the cross. We take our life back. We start looking at our own little life. Amen. And we start looking at, well, what's in it for me? No, listen, we got we to die to this life. We got to die to our own life and pick up a higher life in Christ. So, so the Apostle Paul is saying, I am crucified with Christ. No longer is I who live. 
No longer it's you who live, but Christ lives in you. And the life that you now live in the flesh, you live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved you and gave himself up for you. So we live in the faith of the Son of God. We're, we're walking in, in the faith of the Son of God, and we're not considering our life. I like what it says in Matthew 16, 24 through 26. It says, it says here, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Isn't that interesting? He's saying that if you're trying to keep your own life, if you're trying to preserve your life, then you're going to definitely lose that life. But if you're, if you're willing to let your, your life, the lower life, I would have to say the carnal life go, and then pick up a spiritual life in him, you're going to go higher. You're going to walk in greater manifestations of God's glory. You're going to be doing greater things in God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The struggle today, and I, I believe the struggle with each one of us is the struggle of, of us taking back our lives. It's the struggle of us walking in our own ways. And it, that's the struggle, you know, going with the natural mind. You know, the, the Bible says, you know, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The Bible says that we need to learn to trust God, that we don't need to lean on our own understanding. In all our ways, acknowledge him, and God will direct our paths. A lot of times we're acknowledging our own ways more than we're acknowledging God's ways. And we need to acknowledge God's ways. And as we do that, we'll see God move in our life in a greater way. So we see that Jesus said, said that if anyone comes after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, follow me. And whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it for a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Amen. So we see here that, that, uh, that we need to learn to, 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 to consider ourselves dead to the things of the world and consider ourselves alive to Christ. You have to be dead to those things. Amen. I remember listening to Jesse DePlanis, and he was uh, he was traveling, and and uh, and uh, and a lot of times he traveled by himself in the early days, and uh, and he was at a hotel, and this prostitute was propositioning him, trying to um, you know proposition him to you know for for not for that night, and Jesse and she said, hey, you you want some company tonight? And Jesse just looked at her and said, I'm a dead man. I'm a dead man. <laughs> and she said, oh, really? And he said, yeah. How long have you had that problem? You know? <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so then, 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 then he said, no, I'm a Christian. And he started preaching to her and she, she ran out of there. Amen. Thank you for tuning into the broadcast today. We never like to end our broadcasts without giving you an opportunity to receive Jesus as your personal Savior. So if you don't know the Lord Jesus, if you died right now and you don't know if you'd make it to heaven, just pray this prayer with me. Just say this after me. Say, Dear Lord, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe he was raised from the dead and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Jesus, I'm trusting you for my life today. I'm, I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me.
In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, we believe that you got born again. And so we would love to hear from you. Connect with us on our website at www.exceedlifechurch.org. And uh, also, if you have a prayer request, you can also go on the, our website and um, put that prayer request in. We believe that God will, will hear your prayers and answer your prayers. Again, thank you for tuning in today, and God bless you. Tune in next week for the completion of this broadcast. This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org.